Hello there friends, this is Spencer Michaud and today we're going to be talking about Venus moving into the first decan of Gemini. So this will be happening on May the 8th and we will be looking at the period of time through May the 17th with 0 degrees of Gemini through 10 degrees of Gemini. So let's look at what we've got today. We're going to talk a little bit about Alcyon and the Pleiades, uh, Mirfak, um, and we will of course break down the the condition of Venus, and we'll talk about the I Ching a little bit to help give us some, some uh, direction. I did want to show you before I dive into this, a book that I've really been enjoying. I know that a lot of you have been asking me about the I Ching in general and some source texts, and I just ordered this book in the mail. I had this as part of my uh, app that I have on my phone, but I, I really enjoyed this interpretation so much that I wanted to have the hard copy of the book. This is called The Laws of Change, I Ching and I Ching and the Philosophy of Life by Jack M. Balkin. Jack M. Balkin, it says on the back here, is a Knight Professor of Constitutional Law and the First Amendment at Yale Law School and the founder and director of Yale's Information Society Project. His books and articles range over many different fields, including philosophy, law, politics, cultural evolution, and social theory. Um, I really, really enjoy this, uh, this interpretation. He is making it very accessible. Uh, he has a lot of really uh, down-to-earth thoughts on how to use these very ancient texts in your everyday life. One thing I like about the I Ching is that it's really just helping us get our wrap our heads around change and um, to prepare for good fortune when things may not be going our way, uh, to find ways to, to prolong the good things when when we are doing well. And, and it, it speaks to sharing your generosity with others when, when um, you are experiencing abundance. So it, it's really about cultivating your character um, coming to terms with what is, trying to use your humility, and being able to align yourself with the, the flow of nature and the ways that, um, I don't know, just the, the, the way the wind is blowing. And I think that one of the things that's really been helping me is even when we're experiencing some twists and turns of fate, it's not that we just have to accept everything the way it is and not do anything about it. Um, the I Ching is kind of teaching me that if things aren't really going our way, yes, we do have to accept the reality of it, but we prepare for that good fortune to return. That's really a big thing, like prep, preparation phase. Um, you know, if you're having difficulty, like with, a, I don't know, like a unemployment, like if you lost your job, if you had a twist of turn or, or a turn of fate where you got fired from your job or got laid off or something, the, you know, it's important to start prep preparing the return to work, like looking for a new job, you know, cultivating new skills to get out into the job market. And the I Ching talks about all stuff like that. I, I really like that it is helping us to live this life, you know, to live this, this, you know, maybe this one life that we have here and to be present in that life. And um, I think really from my experience of spirituality, the only thing that 
I've really been able to come to count on is is change. And I think that that's um, there's some wisdom in, in accepting that and learning about it. And I think this text is something where it's really teaching us about that in general. So I just wanted to share that because I always like to share source texts and the Law of Change uh, by Jack M. Balkin is really one that I highly, highly recommend. So that being said, let's talk some Venus. So Venus right now is in Mercury's temple, in Mercury's uh, diurnal temple of Gemini. Uh, it is a mutable air sign. We were just coming off of Venus's transit through Taurus, which was her own domicile. So now Venus has maybe recharged in her own home. Um, and now she's doing a little bit of traveling. She's she's wandering into maybe some foreign territory. Although the uh, domicile lord, Mercury, the potter, if we want to call it that, uh, I'm sorry, the, the 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 clay sorry <laughs> i'm just collecting my thoughts here i'm talking trying to tr what i'm trying to say is that there is a metaphor that i've learned from uh martin hermes where he talks about this kind of domicile lord relationship and a planet that is visiting a temple or a sign as being the the potter that's taking action with the material that the domicile lord is offering up. So in this case, the potter is Venus and Mercury would be the clay. Now I was getting confused because Mercury is also in the same house. So Mercury is playing both potter and clay. <laughs> so <laughs> stumbling over my words, uh, thinking about that for a minute. So the clay in this case is of good quality. Mercury has access to all of its own resources, all of its own skills. Um, I really broke down Mercury in quite a bit of depth in my Mercury and Gemini video that I just released on Friday. And um, yeah, check that out if you want a deeper dive into Gemini. I'm going to try to be quick today, preparing for the new moon in Taurus and, and hopefully doing a live stream with that uh, on Monday. Uh, hopefully noon noon on Monday. I'll, I'll commit to that right now. So if you're wanting to ask some questions about this new moon, let's get together and talk about it. But back to Venus and Gemini here. Uh, so Mercury is proliferating options. It is allowing us to see different perspectives. It's It's enhancing our curiosity. It is enhancing our ability to communicate in a way that people can hear us. Uh, you know, the, the way I'm communicating today, notwithstanding, um, I'm not sure what's going on in my own chart, but. So Mercury is asking us for adaptability and flexibility and Venus is a harmonizer. So Mercury also tends to destabilize things. Mercury throws things into question. Um, it is a bargaining planet where it says, okay, you've got this going on. Let's see what another possibility might be. Uh, you have this to offer, but what about this? You know, it's kind of, it's a questioning planet. So Mercury has gone from a, a place where it was uh, very good at creating harmony within the body and within the senses into a sign that is more related potentially with the rational mind 
with questioning things. So our relationships, we may be questioning some things with the way that we relate to one another, with the way that we uh, have social agreements with one another. We may be trying to harmonize uh, duality. So Gemini is a, is a sign that has to do with, with the duality of good and evil, with moral ambiguity. Uh, it is exploring these gray areas. So Venus is really trying to like, hey, make sense of this stuff. You know, it's saying, okay, we've got all these different options that Mercury is providing for us. And Venus is like, how can we create something fairly unified with that? How can we do a ritual purification so that we can understand all of the benefits and challenges around the different choices that we're faced with? And um, eventually, in the sign of Gemini, we need to make a choice. Remember, I've talked about this in other videos, but we've got a, a, a myth associated with the twins, uh, Castor and Pollux, where one mortal twin died and needed to be uh, given part of his brother's immortality so that he could live again. So there is a, a sacrifice eventually that has to happen in Gemini. But this phase that we're going through with Gemini 1 is an explosion or a pro proliferation of options. So this may be something where we're attracted to things uh, outside of the norm. We may have gotten really fixated in some kind of rut or routine. And now Mercury is saying, um, try something new. Get curious. How about some novelty? We may be attracted to, uh, you know, something that is not necessarily superficial, but we're, we're tasting. We're going and tasting new things. We're attracted to things like intelligence. We're attracted to... Um, maybe even some commerce type of things, exchanges, intellectual exchanges. This could be a good time to have a really nice talk with somebody. It may be necessary to clear the air with some issues. This is what the I Ching was discussing this week, was maybe a conversation to bring clarity to an issue that has arisen in your, in your relationships or in your environment or in any number of different areas of your life. Now, Venus right now, is in the lying hidden phase still. That means that it is still underneath the beams of the sun. Now, one of the challenges that we have with Venus now is that now that it is in Mercury's sign, it has lost this protection called being in the chariot. When Venus was in Taurus, it sort of had an awning over the top of it, protecting it from the heat of the sun's rays, from being burned up in the heat of the sun. And now it doesn't have that protection. So, so we may have had some relationship challenges come up in the last few days as Mercury was getting ready to ingress. Um, I, I actually kind of punted on a Venus in Taurus 3 video. I was just feeling a little overwhelmed with some of the responsibilities in my life and, and some of the personal things I've been going through lately with family challenges. I'm going to I'm going to blame Mars in Cancer coming for my son and Mercury, but, you know, so it goes. We have to go with the flow and do the best we can at the time. But some of the things that were going on with Venus's transit through the third decade of Taurus was we had Venus uh, hooking up with, um, with Algol 
at 26 degrees Taurus and making a trine to, to Pluto. So really that aspect may have brought up some stuff from the depths that really we're going to need to, to work on and talk about as Venus has moved into Gemini. It's going to require us to really move off of our really fixed positions, which, you know, Taurus was a fixed sign, and start to maybe try to see another's perspective. I think that's really one of the ways we can deal with this well, this transit, is to, is to, to embrace flexibility and be able to listen to alternative perspectives. Now, Venus is going to make its evening rise on the 22nd of May. That means that it escapes the beams and now is not going to be harmed by the sun anymore. Those are usually really important moments where messages come to us that are allowing us to get clarity on some of the things we may have been working on behind the scenes. So really this time with Venus and Gemini 1 is working on issues behind the scenes and exploring your options before you bring something to light in the Gemini ruled area of your chart. So um, I think that's really the, the, the gist and the vibe of what we're going to be experiencing with Venus here. Venus is peregrine, so there may be some confusion at first. So, so don't get too uh, bent out of shape if, if you don't have all the answers right away. This is really a time for questions rather than finding answers. Um, Venus is going to be moving through the terms of Mercury from 0 to 6 degrees and then the terms of Jupiter from 6 to 12 degrees. This face of Gemini is the Jupiter-Mercury face. Jupiter by descending Chaldean order and Mercury by the triplicity system. So when we talk about the explosion of options, we're really seeing Jupiter's influence on this decan itself. So an expansion of uh, confusion, <laughs> an expansion of pathways. Remember, you know, Mercury was the kind of the the guide of souls on the different pathways the, and went in between worlds, right? He was a herald. He was, he was a messenger. So again, we're, we're really trying to work through uh, this almost overwhelming explosion of options. The tarot card associated with this decan is the eight of swords. So in it, we see, and I'll stop my share for just a second. We've got this figure here uh, who is blindfolded and standing in front of eight swords, and she's bound. There's this feeling of maybe being trapped or paralyzed by all the different directions we could go. Um, there's difficulty seeing and getting clarity. I think this is really interesting for this decan because we have some associations with the, the Pleiades. It's talking about Alcyon at zero degrees of Gemini. Uh, the Pleiades kind of are a, a, a cluster, a nebula of stars that are in the end of Taurus and the beginning of Gemini. They kind of cross sign boundaries. And there is some associations with blindness with nebulas in general. Um, so we may be having to deal with a blind spot where we have to use our intuition and our inner vision to be able to, to work through the challenges that we're experiencing. And I, I did want to read you some of the uh, some stories about the Pleiades. I have this book here. Um, this is called Star Lore by William Tyler Olcott, Myths, Legends, and Facts. And he has a chapter on the Pleiades, 
which is very long and extensive. And I'm trying to, I'm just picking, just cherry picking a little bit from this. Uh, this was the Greek interpretation. It says, the Pleiades, according to mythology, were the seven daughters of Atlas, the giant who bears the world upon his shoulders, and the nymph Pleione. The story is that these seven maidens, together with their sisters, the Hyades, were transformed into stars on account of their amiable virtues and mutual affection. According to Aeschylus, they were placed in the heavens on account of their filial sorrow at the burdened, a burden imposed upon their father Atlas. Aratus thus recorded the names of these seven sisters. These the seven names they bear, Alcyon and Merope, Selino, Tegeta, and Sterope, Electra, and queenly Maya, small alike and faint, by the will of Jove illustrious all, at morn and evening, since he makes them mark the summer and winter, harvesting and seed time. One myth concerning the Pleiades relates that they were so beautiful in appearance that Orion unceasingly pursued them, much to their discomfiture. They appealed to Zeus for assistance, and he, and he pitying them, changed them into doves. Thereupon they flew into the sky and found a refuge among the stars. And there's, there's countless other myths. I'll, I'll share one more. The Smith Sound Eskimos have the following legend concerning the Pleiades, which they called, which which group they call Nanook, meaning the bear. The number of dogs pursuing a bear, a bear on the ice. A bear gradually rose up in the air, as did the dogs, until they reached the sky. Then they turned to stars, and the bear became a larger star in the center of the group, and is represented by the star Alcyon. Okay, so lots of different myths over different cultures with this particular set of stars. Burnett Brady talks about, uh, you know, maybe challenges within the family with this, uh, because we see that these were the daughters of Atlas and they were mourning his, you know, uh, his doom to be able to hold the, the world on his shoulders. And that was difficult for them to deal with. So Maybe there's family issues coming up where we're having to smooth over conflicts within the domestic sphere. And this would make some sense because Mars is in cancer right now, wreaking all sorts of havoc in our domestic spheres. And, uh, you know, with, with mothers, with, with the home front, with our emotions, and we may be having to pick up the pieces from something like that as we move through Venus and Gemini. Um, she talks about a tendency to be judgmental with this position of Venus at zero degrees of Gemini Alcyon as well. Potential ruthlessness. Uh, there, there's talk of rituals to open your vision. I know that there's some astrological mages that use um, the Pleiades to, to, you, to increase your intuition and your, and your sight. Um, but I guess you have to be careful with that because it is associated with blindness. So I, I think that it depends on what planet, right? This is a positive benefic that we're talking about. So maybe this is a good one to do rituals to open up your inner vision and your sight. And a lot of times when we talk about uh, places of, of physical blindness, um, including like seers over the course of different uh, historical traditions, a lot of those blind folks had had the gift of inner sight. So this may be a really good time to, to rely on your intuition, even if you can't see externally 
what the solutions to your problems might be. All right, so that's the Pleiades. As we move forward, that's going to be happening around, you know, the the eighth and the ninth. Um, as we move forward to the tenth, Venus is going to hit a fixed star at two degrees Gemini called Mirfak, and Mirfak is in the uh, constellation Perseus. Perseus being one of the the heroes that uh, is trying to save Andromeda. Of course, we have that story of him going and and severing the head of Medusa. In the sky, he's carrying Medusa's head, and that's where we have the fixed star Algol. Um, this is one that I think is in his shoulder. So this this represents this kind of youthful, heroic, young energy, maybe even a little bit of rashness, candor. So as we try to shed some light on some of the challenges that we may have in our domestic spheres, we may have to, to be honest with one another about how to solve those challenges. Uh, and have some maybe some difficult conversations about things. That's what we've been going on in, in our household. We've been having some some discussions about resources and things like that, and the organization of the household, and and had some challenging conversations. But but hopefully it's bringing peace and awareness to maybe a blind spot. I think that that's a a key is bringing awareness to something that had been cast into shadow. And this happens in any any situation that we're in. We get overwhelmed, I think, with our daily lives. And if there is a point, a sore spot or a point of contention, um, it can be really easy to push it aside and just not want to deal with it. And then we, we push it underground and it can kind of fester. And eventually it can blow up into a, a, a challenge that could be even well, it is intense, maybe painful, there may be difficult emotions. But I think that what, whenever we have those dark spots that create corruption in our life, light is the antidote, right? Shining the light on something. If you have something that's growing mold in your home, right? Through darkness, mold proliferates in darkness and wetness. If you shine the sunlight on that, it dries it up, it kills, it kills the bacteria, and eventually you're restored to a, a state of equilibrium where you're not having decay happening. Okay, the sun is a vital energy. So this is something where we're, you know, shining light on something to restore harmony to an area of our life. Now, the only other thing really going on with Venus in Gemini 1 is it will be the host of the new moon on the 11th. So let me show you this real quick. And I'll talk about this more when I do a live stream, hopefully tomorrow, the 10th, Monday, the 10th at noon Eastern time. That's when I'm scheduling that. I've been playing catch up here a little bit this weekend. I um, received my second vaccination shot on Friday, which I'm very pleased to have done and feel good about it. Just was a little tired over the weekend, which is natural. That's what happened the first time, and nothing too serious, but just a little worn down, and you know, getting back on the horse here. But hopefully, that'll allow me to see some of you in person uh, soon. Hopefully, maybe we'll be able to meet up at astro conferences or or things of that nature. And looking looking forward to that, and um, being able to rejoin society in a safe way uh, in the upcoming weeks and months ahead, hopefully. All right, so if we look at this new moon, we're going to be seeing on the 11th here, uh, 
So Venus is going to be hosting, right? Now, the challenge with this is, though, that Venus is in aversion to this lunation, which, which is a really challenging thing in, in traditional astrology. It's, it's another blind spot, right? And I think that what, what Schmidt talks about and Martin Hermes talks about is when a planet is in aversion, the, dom the exaltation lord kind of takes over. So I think the moon is really going to be taking over uh, this, this new moon. I know that that sounds redundant, but uh, we're really not going to be getting a lot of help from Venus. We're going to have to rely on our lunar intuition. We're going to have to rely on our ability to, to uh, generate like the moon would. We're going to have to rely on, you know, physical manifestations and using our ability at this new moon to root out problems. This, this third decan of, of Taurus is about dealing with anything that might threaten the crops that we've recently planted. Uh, and it comes through faith and it comes through um, the power of prayer. Uh, the litai were associated with this. So we'll, again, we'll talk about that in depth coming up, but I just wanted to preview that because that's the other thing that's going on. And again, we have a lot of different options. We have a lot of different questions with Venus uh, having influence, but not really being able to give us any any help, okay? Um, we've got the questions, but not maybe not all the answers. And I think part of it's just showing up and, and being consistent, finding some consistency, but also being flexible. This is the, the, the duality that we have to hold is consistently showing up, but but being um, allowing life to guide us a little bit. All right, so let's talk about the I Ching and we'll, we'll do this quick, okay? We just had one hexagram here. We had one that was, had no changing lines. So a pretty clear message. And this is hexagram number 43. Okay, 43 is called resolution. And it is the combination of lake over, over heaven, okay? which lake was about abundance and heaven was kind of like this energetic, idealistic energy. Um, resoluteness, this hexagram talks about being decisive. Uh, it is about speaking forthrightly, um, eradicating some of the remaining evils was one of the things that came up in Jack Balkin's book. Um, eliminating your hesitation. You know, it's really about like say saying, okay, uh, you can't ignore the problem anymore. Um, there's, like I said, there's probably something that came up over that last Venus cycle, and maybe that's continuing to come up through the Mars challenge. And we're just going to have to have the courage to, to take some action and, and be honest with one another to solve the problem. Uh, there's a quote associated with this. It says, resolution, declare it at the court of the king. Proclaim it sincerely and truthfully. There is danger, but notify the city. It is not beneficial to resort to arms. It is beneficial to have somewhere to go. So this is really about, you know, you don't have, it's not about fighting. This is about finding a solution, being honest with yourself to maybe to eliminate some bad habits. And this is really going to be especially true with this new moon. This is really about eliminating any pests in the garden or any diseases that may be threatening our very young crops. Uh, this may be about rectifying some kind of internal split or reunifying parts of us that have split off in different directions, Mercury style. Okay, 
Remember, we're trying to we're trying to bring, you know, something together with Venus. You know, this have a have a candid talk with somebody in your life to restore peace. Be willing to pivot. Be willing to be flexible. Be willing to listen. This is I think this is the key with Venus and Gemini is listening. Hillary Barrett in her books talks about what do you stand for? How can you define yourself? What belongs in your realm? And where do you need to make a clean break? Okay. So I, I really think that's the key with this Venus transit, eliminating bad habits, be willing to e examine something new, be willing to explore and, and shine light on what is potentially a blind spot. Um, honesty is going to get you a long way. In this, I think that this is one of the key uh, values of the I Ching is integrity and sincerity. And really, it's just about being yourself. It's not really about like, you know, you don't have to be Superman or something like that. You don't have to be this pure vessel or anything like that. It's just about being honest about what your capabilities are and, you know, what you need to be happy. And a lot of times we have this disconnect between our inner needs and our really just who we are on the inside and what we express to the world and what we ask for and what we situations that we put ourselves in. And really the integrity is just unifying those two worlds and being the person more being closer to the person that you are inside in your external dealings with people. And yes, we do have to cultivate things like patience and acceptance and willingness to make changes if if that is what is presented to us. Remember, the I Ching is the book of change. Uh, that's what's so beautiful about it. It's really telling us, hey, life is impermanence. It's it's like those um, like those sand mandalas that the Tibetan monks make. They make this beautiful. Uh, sand painting. I, I saw this in college. I, I wrote a song about it. It really had an effect on me because they just made this beautiful, ornate sand mandala. But at the end of it, they just wipe it all away in this ceremony saying, you know, even this this intricate, beautiful thing is eventually going to uh, dissolve into the annuals of time. And I, I really think that this this I Ching is something that will help guide us through those changes. And a lot of the pain that we go through is through trying to hang on to things that have outlived their time. And I think that we pay our respects to those things and then we let them go. I've said a numerous amount of times on this podcast that what was once the right answer can very easily become the wrong answer. The I Ching is an interplay between yin and yang, and they're constantly uh, flowing into one another. When something com comes to an extreme, it will eventually reverse course and become its opposite. And that's true with life. You know, nurturing can eventually become restriction and smothering. You know, uh, neglect you know, if we neglect something too much, it can it can really uh, explode into our awareness and demand to be dealt with. Uh, so you know, just just small examples of that, and, and I, I think that's the way to go about um, life. <laughs> this is that's Spencer's secret to life: accepting change.
and uh, flowing with it rather than fighting it. All right, my friends, that's what I've got for you on a rainy Sunday afternoon on in the Midwest here. Um, hopefully, I will get to see all of you soon. And um, if you're enjoying these videos, make sure you hit that like button. That's the that's the easiest thing you can do to help me out. Subscribe to the channel. We're trying to get to a thousand subscribers on this channel. That's a really a really neat milestone that I hope that we can achieve uh, in the the coming year. Um, yeah, and if you want to support the work that I do, you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com. It buys me the gift of time to do the research that I'm doing and things of that nature. Uh, leave me a comment. Let me know how you are working through the changes in your life and where you're finding your curiosity and, and how you can flow with the change and with the flexibility that's being required of you. I always enjoy hearing from all of you and uh, having a conversation with you. Um, if you are uh, around, tune in at, at noon Eastern time tomorrow. Uh, that is May the 10th. I'm going to be talking about the upcoming new moon in Taurus, and we'll uh, we'll have a chat. We'll we'll see if we can uncover the best way to to deal with these upcoming transits. Also, we'll be having some videos coming out, hopefully uh, regarding Jupiter moving into Pisces soon, and. Uh, maybe talk about Mars a little bit more and its transits through cancer. So that's what I've got for you today. Thank you so much for continuing to support this channel and the work that I do. Uh, I care about all of you and I really appreciate all of you that have been reaching out and, and sending your well wishes to me and being like, how you doing Spencer, are you okay? I, I'm doing okay. And uh, we're getting through this thing called life and, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing all of you again, You know, whether it's through uh, the ether webs or or maybe in person in, in in the future so be kind to one another remember if you're if you're become unified internally that can really create a lot of peace and harmony externally that's where it begins it begins by you know becoming at peace with yourself and then you can that kindness will extend outside of yourself you can use that to be generous with other people so that's what i've got for you today take care everyone peace